0: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. This is episode 84 of Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. I am one of your High Priest of Conchu, Ray, and tonight in this episode, we'll be wrapping up the Warren Ellis and Declan Shelby run, um, released uh, circa 2014-15. So we're looking at issue 6, and with me, as always, is our intrepid High Priest of Conchu, Connishu, Connishu, how are you? Hello, I am doing mighty
1: fine on this muggy Sunday Oh, it's a bit, it's a mm. bit, um,
0: it's a bit humid up there
1: Oh, well actually it's been really nice, but now all of a sudden it's terrible, so yeah, you know
0: Oh man, that's, uh, that's about, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty hot down here, I mean like, uh, loonies of course, both of us are situated in uh, in Egypt, so you yeah, know, <laughs> understandably it is hot and, and, and humid, uh, you know, in the Conchu Temple. Uh, but yeah, it's um it's been okay. I think it's going to be dropping at night though here. So uh, <laughs> just a weather report, just for anyone who cares to. <laughs> this to is know. why you listen, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, look, as as we say, uh, loonies, we're here to look at uh, the the last part of Warren Ellis. But before we get into that, of course, just a, a little bit of chat, see what's been happening in both our corners of the universe. Um, Connor, Shue, this past week, anything anything exciting of note? Did you catch any films? or No, I keep meaning to. Um, i got the weeks ahead of me now. I left my current job, currently looking
1: for another Ooh-hoo. one. So I'll have plenty of time to crack into something good. Yeah. A bunch of films there, a few weeks of comics. Mm-hmm. Is that a is it a relief or how do you feel or is it is it a bit oh, scary yeah, or oh, yeah, I mean yeah. not having money is not great but not working at a meat works is also you know.
0: yeah are great. you are you a vegetarian or anything no Nah no okay I was about to say like there must be some conflict of interest there if you <laughs> if you were I know uh, a few vegans who are there actually oh really enough. how do they uh, respond to what they what they're doing? Just a job, I guess. I have to, yeah. Got to put um put butter on the bread, I guess. Yeah. Well, not butter. Well, but... say. So. <laughs> well, there, Ray. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um. Okay. Well, that's a big thing. So, um, looking, actively looking, um, that will keep you busy, um, but hopefully, c- giving you some time still to, to catch up on your weekly pulls. Um, I know on our Looney Bin chat. I think it was Midkind, one of our trusted loonies. He was talking about Daredevil 1 that came out. You read that?
1: Oh, yeah. I've read a few things this week. One of them was the fantastic Daredevil, Chip Zdarsky mm-hmm. just cracking it again. He's, uh, it's mashed out probably my favorite Spider Man run of the last few years. Yeah. Uh, cracked into a great first issue of Invaders, and now he's got um, already start of a great Daredevil run. It's yeah. been wild, man. He's, he's grown so much
0: he, as a creator. Yeah. And I have totally put my foot in my mouth. I think, um, uh, a couple of episodes ago, I mentioned how uh, I was just more familiar with Chip Zdarsky doing like doing humor and funny stories, and, and uh, I wasn't too sure whether he could do a straight like you know straight series story. But I only recently listened oh, not listened I recently read the Invaders, and mm. man, that was good. My god, yeah, I
1: think it was. Um, it was really. Um, I think post the first six issues of Peter Parker, Spectacular Fighter Man and the start of uh, Marvel 2 and one with the thing in um, a Human Torch who really spread his wings and just show that, you know, he can write anything. You know, Sex Criminals, How the Duck, and now all these runs, you know. Wow. Now, the sky's yeah. the limit, and I think Marvel's got trust in him now to just knock
0: it out of the park. Yeah. And, so, and he's handled Daredevil well, is it? Is yeah. It, I, yeah. I think in, in, it's... Yeah? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just sorry. gonna say. Yeah.
1: Thematically, it um, I think it does very well to pull in new readers, especially those from the Netflix show. Ah. You know, disasters keeping this very street level. Yeah. So you know, it, it does feel uh, reminiscent of season three, but also kickstarts so many cool new ideas. And it's got um, uh, on it. Who did a yes? A few loonies would probably know him from his fantastic Punisher run. Mm-hmm. And a few and, other great
0: stuff. Yeah, Old Man Hawkeye, which I picked up. Um, that finished oh, just nice. recently. Really good art. I mean, it reminds me. Yeah, uh, I don't want to. I mean, um, you know, water it down or anything. Or, or but um, to me, it reminds me of, of like real like animation, like almost. I don't know manga. I don't know if you picked that up. I, I just get the sense of the way he draws. Um, it's very, very much like that, and I mean that in the in the best possible way. Um, but had you. Collected. Um, what was he mentioning? He said he did the Punisher, did he? Or
1: oh yeah, I can't believe. Oh yeah, if you're if you're a Punisher fan, you ought to read that. Uh, that bit of genius he did on that. You know, it mm. feels that look feels kind of carried over into this Daredevil run.
0: So okay, excellent. And uh, just carrying on the theme with Street Level, because I guess you know, obviously uh, Moon Knight is is of the ilk. Um, Punisher. I've been reading. Uh, I'm still catching up with my pools and. Um, so slowly getting there. I'm still only maybe a couple of weeks behind now, but I read the second to most recent Punisher issue by Matt Rosenberg. I must say I'm quite impressed with his his Punisher at the moment. Um, I didn't read the one with uh, the iron, you know, the iron or the War Machine armor, but uh, this this new run which was kind of renumbered and it's got the Greg Smallwood covers. Really good, actually. Uh, I'm not sure if you're collecting that as well, Connor.
1: Uh, I kind of dip in and out. I actually love how um, Rosenberg writes him interacting with the Marvel universe. I think yes. there was that, that great little one little part with Bucky and Scott uh, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a lot of uh, good comics out at the moment. Any? Um, are you reading any any classic um, arcs or anything like that of note lately?
1: Oh uh, no. Um I'm just starting now. I've got a got a few things left. I've got um Dream Thief lined up, which is Greg Smallwood's uh, work before Moon Knight. So Ooh. I'm very keen to dive into that. Yeah. Okay. Got some salent comicsology at the moment. Sounds mm-hmm. an interesting little buy. Right.
0: Yeah. Dream I Thief, also
1: tackled, um there's a few other good comics this week, I just want to give a quick plug yeah, to. Yeah, sure, of course. Uh, Tony Stark Iron Man. I know uh, if Chad's listening he's cursing my name, <sighs> but I'm a big Tony Stark fan. The power this is a of Trey Run. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, wasted space from Vault Comics, along with these Savage Shores, are just you know some okay. of the best comics on the market. I think I think Vault have just proven themselves crazily well. Uh, Die from, um, Cronen Gillen mm-hmm. is also gorgeous with Stephanie Hahn's artwork. They did uh, Journey into Mystery over at Marvel. Some people might remember him from there.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: And then uh, GI Joe Sierra uh, Muerta uh, by Michelle Fife, who does Copra. Which, if you haven't read Copra, everyone should read Copra. It is just oh. one of the best action comics around.
0: No, I haven't... Uh, okay, cool. I mean, we we'll yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah he's, uh, he's
1: an indie creator, but it's his homage to uh, Strander's Suicide Squad. Okay. It's just this
0: crazy, off-the-wall, psychedelic action cool oh we're gonna to have to include this in the show notes if anything just to to be like a, a note for myself to to catch up on but no that sounds great far out so you have been uh have been a busy bee with the reading um and, and i'm assuming all these are either just recent or kind of o- old this week yeah. yeah 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 okay i mean but i mean they're, they're like uh older runs are they or 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 they are they current runs yeah,
1: no, all of those comics are either uh all came out this week that ah, I just dropped Then Okay,
0: right, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh look, I, I won't even bother going through my, my list as I said, I'm a couple of weeks behind, so I've only just um got my stuff posted uh got Uh-oh. stuff posted to me. So I've got um look I've still gotta catch up with Avengers, um that the Iron Fist Oh me too, one, yeah. There. thirteen with the um the female and the blade Yes, too. Yeah. So, looking forward to that. Um, so, unfortunately, and uh, a quick shout-out to the Sons of the Dragon Iron Fist podcast. Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to your latest episode, only because I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but once I read that, that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, there's like a West Coast Avengers, Punisher, Steel, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. I'm loving the Nick Spencer, Amazing Spider-Man. I, f- I find it just really enjoyable to read. Um, I'm getting the singles. I might consider either getting it in some sort of collected format. It's really, really fun stuff. I'm, and I'm a fan of his from... From Ant Man and uh, and the Secret Empire stuff, um, Superior Foes as well. Superior, yeah, I haven't read that, but that. Um, oh, that, crazy! Yeah, that uh, I've heard the really really good things about it. So, um, but apart from all that, just a couple of like oldies that I'm reading. Um, I've just finished All Star Superman, which is oh big. Yeah, just doing doing my bit for you know trying to become a Superman fan. Um, just curious about Superman in general. So that was that was a great run by Grant Morrison. I must say, Frank quietly art was was superb. Um, yeah, really, really good stuff. It capped off really well. Um, so I finished the last. Um, they go by episodes, not chapter. So episode twelve in that collected format, um, and that was really good. And I've uh, and I've just started again another little shout out from our fellow collective, uh, The Signal of Doom. Um, I am just starting Starman, which is um, by James Ooh, Robinson. Great. Yeah, have you read that? And like, all, yeah, all... one of the greats. Wow. Suffers from not being in print, really, but yeah. apart from that, you know,
1: everyone should be reading it, as I'm sure you concur.
0: Oh, I've read um just I think issue zero, issue one so far, um but I remember Chris from Defenders TV podcast uh, talking about it um when we were chatting about you know what he liked to collect, uh and yeah I must say it is well worth a read. It really reminds me of. I don't know like I guess I'm not experienced with DC but like Vertigo like it, it reminds me of um something that's just you know left of center or, or you know from the usual DC universe and has its own little pocket which I kind of like and I guess you can liken that to to Moon Knight uh, yeah, so he seems kind of very stand-alone, but yeah, interested to see how it, how it pans out, so um, yeah, Starman, uh, James Robertson, well worth a read. Uh, Loonies will add all of this, uh, obviously, in our show notes, in case you're interested, but um, yeah, a wide variety of comics there, um, but tonight, of course, we are going to look at our lovable... <laughs> Foe, Chappy, I don't know. Yeah, especially <laughs> um, in
1: this uh, delightful, happy <laughs> issue we're about to cover. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we're looking at Moonnot, but before we get into that, again, I just wanted to shout out in a, a bit of white noise, a bit of news, um, and look, uh, nothing that hasn't been covered from last week. Because, geez, hats off to Connor Shue for being on the ball. You're not <gasps> um, not only were you on the ball, you were in front of the ball, and uh, and the ball was a couple of miles behind you. Uh shouted out the the news about Benjamin Percy and Juan Ferreira doing work on Moon Knight in uh Marvel Comics Presents. But there's also some shining reviews on the Moon Knight fan film Connor. Yeah, fantastic stuff, you know. I
1: think it was yeah, we we talked about it just as it came out, but over this week, you know, I think a lot
0: of sites have given it the uh the coverage it deserves. Mm. It's uh it's getting a lot of good praise. I mean uh you know, obviously, when you when you put something out there with, say, comic book fans, um, you're going to get you know uh, either hot and cold responses. And largely, it's been all positive. Uh, There's been some great feedback from our loonies when we posted it up on our group and our page. Um, obviously, you know, people have different tastes, which is fine. Uh, hopefully, I've been in touch with the the filmmaker Caden Butera, oh. um, and hopefully, we're going to line up a an interview with him. Um, yeah, and our next Moon and Stars, our next um, film review. So, oh, I mean, actually, one's to come. Sorry, we've got, we've got some other stuff lined up. But uh, but very soon. Uh, he's very uh, amenable to being interviewed, so can't wait for that as well. Um, you know, I don't think, Connor, we have to go through uh, these articles. I mean, there are one, how I many have we got? One, two, three, four. We'll post them up. Um, you can have a good read. They range from... Um, where are they from? Let me just see if I can, um, Gizmodo, they're from that, um, also CBR, uh, then we have, uh, fi so a couple of big, um, big sites there, and Screen Rant, so yeah, I mean, far out, they're getting some good exposure, um, yeah, would you like to see much more of this sort of Moon Knight, Connor?
1: Yeah, I hope, um, I hope these guys continue, or maybe even... You know, I think that's such a perfect little opener for something more, but also, mm. you know, it's perfectly self-contained itself. So maybe if they even go down the route of the um, other boys we interview, are uh, Alex Lumen of his own um fan mm. film channel, and possibly tackle some other characters as well. You know, yeah, it's, I mean that's the exciting thing about them, and
0: yeah. Yeah, so whatever um, the hell they want, exactly. And you know, our, our mate as well, Alex Luman, doing great stuff there with uh, with Moon Knight and um, and other character fan films. I had a, a quick a word with uh, with Caden, and uh, he is a big Moon Knight fan. It's actually it's his favorite character. So I guess no surprises. That's the first one that he's tackled, but um, it's very interesting because yeah, he did take a um, a particular angle for Moon Knight in in a few um, respects as well. But um, as uh, Connor, myself and Rebecca discussed in our last episode uh well at least between the three of us not too fussed at these um these slight changes uh, largely because it's a fan film isn't it so he's really got free reign to do whatever he wants he's not bound by anything and that's the most liberating thing isn't it
1: oh yeah I
0: yeah I mean yeah he, he's not he's not asked to to tone things down or you know to keep with a particular script um so yeah all, all for it and um I believe he said, yeah, he has taken some of the other comments on board, and um, so exciting to see if he produces another one. Oh uh, Yeah, and I can't wait to interview him. Hopefully he'll mm. give us a, a sweet tidbit then. I don't know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, anyway, um, with that, I mean, we've only had a, a bit of a short chat, but how about we we cut to a break? Uh, we go to one of our fellow collective members, uh, and uh, we'll be right back for our lunapic review. Hi, this is Chris And this is Brian
1: And we are the hosts of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast apps for all your Ghost Rider needs Right on yes, after a nice little chat there that we hope you enjoyed, we're ready to tackle another comic, the last of the beloved, critically acclaimed Ellis run, before we uh, continue on with Volume 7. We're going to tackle Moon Knight, Volume 7, Issue 6, Spectre, which was released in August 2014 from writer Warren Ellis, artist Declan Shelley, colorist Geordie Blair, letterer Christy Leopoldis, and editors Ellie Pahl and the uh, always present Nick Lowe. Smash
0: Smashing, yeah. And um, uh, you'll be happy to know, loonies as well, uh, as well as for, you know, first-time or new listeners who are um, kind of keen to know more about Moon Knight, uh, this issue is, is... Available, uh, readily available, on the likes of Comixology and Kindle as a digital format. Uh, it's available on Marvel Unlimited if you've got that subscription. It's well worth a subscription, so um, yeah, consider that they've got like, what, 50,000? I don't know, thousands and thousands of comics that you can plunder. Uh, it's still available on in single format, of course. Uh, you can check out your LCS or order it online. I'm sure it's available somewhere. Uh, and it's available uh, as a trade paperback um, both as digital and in a in a hard copy version, so from the dead it was the the first trade paperback of the volume seven run so uh a- again, leaning towards any new listeners out there, what Conishu and I usually do is uh for our lunapic is we'll go through with um a a very short i guess a synopsis uh that kind of summarizes this issue. Uh, and then it's followed by just a discussion about what we liked, uh what we thought worked, what, what didn't, uh any any references or ties to the rest of the universe, stuff like that. And it is capped off with our patented moon rating, uh, using all the phases of the moon. So every single I actually got you, I actually got a um a moon app on my phone now. That's how Oh wow. That's how geeky I've become. Trying to keep in keep on track the phases of the moon. You truly do heed Conchu's word I above and beyond for. Oh, I I'm scared. I'm scared of him. Um, you know, he will smite me, and he has smoted, smooten others. Smitten. Smitty, smitty, smitty. <laughs> anyway, so we we kept that off with our moon rating, uh, zero to ten. Uh, look, you'll catch our drift when we get there. Um, so. The sliver con kind of issue—I don't know whose go is it. Do you want to give it a go? Should we yeah, do it? Should we do can... it? Yeah. Do you want it? Yeah. I was about to say should we do a, a coin flip, but um, uh, yeah, by all means, give it a go. All right. Well, uh,
1: this issue follows on from a detective, uh, no street, uh, street officer we saw in the first issue where Mooney dealt with uh, that. Uh weapons tech guy and it's basically this guy who's been kicked down his whole life finally deciding to uh kick Moon Knight back and become the new Black Spectre uh Black Spectre and what we see is Moon Knight taking him down and we see deep into of the Saki of both of them
0: yeah that's a pretty damn good sliver that's pretty good so anyway um I trust those loonies who who have been uh, long time listeners will have read their issue. We do have some feedback afterwards, um, but um, okay, let's kick us off. Connor, wh- what did you um, what did you first enjoy? What was your first impression of this issue? Well, I think
1: you know you know Moon Knight issue five is probably the most beloved issue of this one, mm. but I think this one tops it. As my personal wow, favorite cool. this run, I think, yeah, there's just so much to like about this you know, very dreary, very uh, dark issue. But just it just goes so deep into the psyche and Declan and just flexing with a uh, Jordy Blair flexing so much with the art in this issue. Mm. Just
0: yeah, I mean, apart from, uh, I mean, compared to say issue five and some of the others, there's not really that much Moon Knight in this, which is uh, which is. You know, a very interesting take. I think a very strong story. I found. I really love delving into, um, what's the gentleman Trent? What's his first name? Um, yeah, Ryan Trent. This guy. Uh, so much of the issue is just taken up with with, I guess, how he comes to to be the person he is when we see him in um, in the present. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, wow. Um, Belair and Shelby's art is just really something, isn't it? Um, uh, there's a lot more, I think, uh, with art. Uh, the art, a lot more shading, which seems to. I- I'm looking. What page am I looking at? Um, even like you know, uh, the, th- the second or third page in, I notice a lot of the shading is uh, has got a that particular effect. Not, not I don't know what do you call it, charcoal effect, or it's a not. It's not as clean a shadow as, um, as typical. Did you, did you pick that up at all?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's, I think you're definitely right at being a much rougher issue. I think even mm. it just goes rougher and rougher as the sky seems to break down even more. And you know, that, that black is a big motif of this issue.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. And a lot of the shading is as well. I mean, yeah, I'm just flicking through quickly, um, He does look more and more maniacal. Um, There's even one bit where his eyes are just black, literally, like, you know, just the whites and his pupils are all black, giving him a really evil look. And uh, it really is a a bit of a spiral into madness for this guy. He becomes obsessed. Um, He does a lot of work to get himself prepared um, to face Moon Knight, but... Uh, Actually I like this spin How he's not the He's not Carson Knowles You know Um, He's not the The Black Spectre For Moon Knight But he wants to Claim the mantle Because he actually Wants to become Moon Knight Which is uh, A bit of a strange um, A strange jump Right Uh, Because he despised Moon Knight, right, at the beginning. So, in a twisted way, he kind of wants to become him at the end, I guess maybe to prove that he can be a better Moon Knight, I I think.
1: Yeah, well, the big um, drawing part of this issue is that this guy, Trent, has just been kicked down his entire life. Mm. And, you know, this is the straw that broke the camel back when um, he's told that, you know, he'll never amount to anything once again. And, you know, and that he's... Any reputation he could have, he believes... Is um be, uh, is failing because of Moon Knight because Moon Knight gets away with being a man in a mask. Yeah, so it's just him, you know, just slowly breaking down to become to get as much as he can on Moon Knight to try and find some purpose in life, some some redemption for himself that you know even his wife can't agree with, but he just keeps you know breaking down trying to just, justify until it
0: consumes him and he becomes a vicious murderer. He certainly does get vicious towards the end. I mean, you can't you can kind of sympathise for him even like in the first couple of pages, and even our beloved characters like Detective Flint is not um, is not innocent as well. I mean, he slags off Trent at the very bottom of the first page, and as you said, kind of it's a straw that you know broke his back because immediately after that you you get a very quick kind of rundown of him growing up. Um, Really, really nicely done. I think with with Declan Shelby's uh, what is it, eight panels, um, various different haircuts and and uh, age of of Ryan Trent as he as he grows up, but um, and and he almost has a he has a disinterested wife as well. I mean, uh, so a lot of these subtleties are just brought up by Declan Shelby's art. I mean, you have Trent talking to her while they're in the living room. Um, she. He's not engaging with him. She's got the remote control. Um, she doesn't respond to what he's saying. So even that, you know, says a, a thousand words about his relationship. Uh, everything seems to be going against him. Um, yeah, this is
1: like classic, you know, criminal psychology 101. Ellis mm, yeah. is pulling upon.
0: Yeah, and it is it actually, it paints a really cool picture of this guy, Ryan Trent. So how did you feel towards the end, kind of when... um. When he uh, ine- inevitably meets up with Mister Knight. well, yeah. There's
1: two things. I think
0: I always love a story like this where Moon Knight is more of a, a presence,
1: and we see the world around him. You mm. know? So I'm like, you know, a lot of stories. I grew up really loving, like you know, Boogie Pop Phantom and a bunch of other, and a bunch of other cool comics like this. Like Moon Knight is such a powerful force, you know, on the street level, and it's obvious that we zoom out to see the perspective around him, But yeah, I just love the way Moon Knight's portrayed in this because, and you know how it relates to Trent, because I think we've seen, we've definitely seen Sea Mythical Things before. You know, my mind immediately jumps back to the start of the Houston run, you know, that opening six issues that we see just marks decaying psychology within uh, yes. himself. Mm-hmm. You know, we see, that's when we really see the flaws within Moon Knight. And this is also trying to show the flaws within Moon Knight, but I think the way it grounds itself with uh, alongside, um, you know, Knowles actually, I think is a far more effective way of showing, you know, both the weakness and strengths of Moon Knight, and the image he, uh, you know, perforates and all this, and you know the type of character he really is, and showing damaged mental state through both someone else and through himself. I don't know. I just think it's absolutely brilliant, and it's why I love this issue. And it just sticks out at me so much when it's like, what are the flaws in Moonlight? It's just all here. Yeah, and this other character is such a perfect way to ground it.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. It's um, I hadn't read this issue for a while. I mean, admittedly, out of all the six issues, uh, this would probably be—I don't know—probably there with maybe issue. I think it was issue three or two that was the the least read. I think out of the six, um, but it is very solid, and, and I immediately appreciated it. It's got a lot more... Um, if you also look at the previous Warren Ellis um, stories, like issues one to five, there was a, a very quick pace to it as well. I think he ever so slowly takes the... Um, puts on the brakes a little, uh, and he needs to in order to flesh out Ryan Trent. Um, so there's a lot more uh, dialogue spoken here as well. But... Um, uh, like kind of like you mentioned last week, uh, the you know back in the eighties with um that classic run, uh, it's nothing like that. I mean the the dialogue here serves a purpose as well as the visuals. So um, there's a lot of meat that Warren Ellis is is putting in here, um, and a lot of it is invested in Ryan Trent, um, who ends up being quite a quite a proficient. Well, it's funny because he's quite he spends a lot of time. Um, um, working up to, to meeting Moon Knight, and he spirals further and further down, I found a, a little, f- well, I guess a little tragic at the end that it was a bit of a inept um, handling of bombs that kind of was his undoing, really. Um, he kind of goes toe-to-toe with Mr Knight. Uh, he manages to get a dart into him as well.
1: Yeah, he even tries to, you know... Um... He talks himself off that Mark Specter was just a mercenary. You know, he's been in the force for ages. Mm. And, you know, i you got to even wonder whether, you know, how much, you know, Moon Knight really prepares for this as well. And you can just see them probably battle off.
0: Yeah, uh, look, again, maybe um, there's something that you can elucidate to the listeners as well, Connor. Maybe I've missed something here. So towards the end, when he is waiting, he's got three bombs rigged up. Um, uh, with, you know, with the cars on either side You can see it as uh, Moon Knight's limousine comes um, Driving down the road uh, He's got three cars set to blow um, That third one that doesn't go That is just purely coincidence, right? That didn't... That wasn't due to any fact I mean, so literally I guess what I'm saying is that His plan could have really come to fruition Um Uh, if that third car blew, right? Because it's the third car that blows in front of him, or behind him, (laughs) that actually um, neutralizes him, so to speak.
1: Yeah, well, actually, I don't know whether that was just... It does seem to be a part of his malfunction, but I also don't know whether um, Mr Knight prepared for this. I think it's left... Maybe, I think it's the possibly bag, but it could just be, you know, the proof that shit goes
0: wrong and yeah i mean because yeah if you look at the three mobile phones that he has the third one has a cracked screen so i don't um i couldn't recall whether i don't know whether we were referenced a um uh a mobile phone somewhere else i don't know why the third one was cracked maybe that was just um for us to kind of rationalize um, that it didn't go off compared to the other two, but it's a pretty critical moment because uh, if that third one goes off, then uh, by all rights, at least uh, Moon Knight, uh, Mr. Knight, even if he does survive it, at least there's not that third car that eventually um, incapacitates Black Spectre. Um, so I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm picking a little, a little holes here. <laughs> Connor, uh, there's a bit of a suspension of disbelief. Of course you've got to, um, you know, and, and so Warren Ellis is very economically shown that by, I guess, showing a cracked screen and saying, you know, well, this is why it didn't work because he unfortunately didn't pay attention to his equipment. And, uh, and that's why the third one didn't, didn't blow up, but, um, but maybe if we can just spend a little time here, Connor, as well. The art towards the end with the oh. explosions and the and the shrapnel and, and the, the glass from the cars, absolutely brilliant from both Shelby and Belair.
1: I think, yeah, I think, you know, there's a crazy amount of detail with the fire and explosions, but these pages just ring so true with the way that Shelby works with Belair, leaving ample space for, you know, these big black borders. Mm, um, yes, yeah. And... Just, yeah, and just the way the fire here yeah. just works with the black, the distinct black and the distinct white and then the shadows and just the stageless fire. It's just, yeah. it's just nothing like it. It's just gorgeous beyond belief.
0: It is, and I believe it was set up as well um, by... Uh, so the fire and all that is so striking in the last, what, um, three or four pages because much of the issue... With Belair, she's obviously toned things down, kept things in the darkness. Uh, everything's uh, a bit more neutral-coloured, like um, your, your blue-grays, your grays. Um, everything, uh, a lot of shadow, a lot of shades. So everything's kind of uh, muted. And I believe it's until you get to that explosion and the the stark use of the white and the yellows and the oranges, it really does punch out for the for the issue. Um, and it's really good effect. Um, and, of course... Hey, we've seen it before with Shelby's art. He loves adding that kind of micro detail with the with the glass shattering. It has a really mm. good effect, doesn't it? It's a, yeah, really creates something quite visceral. Um, yeah. So, so, sorry. Oh, sorry. I will let you
1: finish this point before I go no, no. on. Oh no, that that was it. Oh, I, yeah. I'll just actually go back a bit more as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this issue dealing, you know, so much with psyche. There's a brilliant. There's a brilliant use, you know, that scratchiness you're talking about. I, there's a real great progression. So we see, we see it so vividly in the first page, as you know, it shows this guy dealing with it. But then it suddenly becomes very clean again. See mm-hmm. him, you know, as he first starts investigating, these are, you know, the that scratchiness isn't really as apparent. You know, it's yeah. kind of uh, colored as well. And, you know, as he slowly dinks, uh, you know, sinks down even to the way they draw the shadow of his beard and yep. then he speaks to Marlene and Frenchie and, you know and then it cuts back to his wife and all of a sudden that scratchiness is that returned and the shadow seep in yep. and it's just you know such a great way of you know visually showing the degradation of this man's psyche and the world around him yeah. before quickly going before then moving to the dark of the streets and then the massive you know act, action packed black white red fire scene
0: yeah no for right. sure yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, and just um, following on that point as well, Connor. So we do see a couple of uh, Moon Knight's supporting cast in Marlene and and Frenchie. Uh, what did you think of their their um, role in this issue? Oh yeah, I think it's
1: great. You know, like that comparison to Houston I brought up before. He yes. used um, Marlene yep. and Frenchie in a similar way, and this yep. works just as well. You know, it's such a it's such a good look from them when they're living their lives and they. And Moon Knight's just a memory of, you know, another time and that they talk about him in the past. It just seems, you know, it just seems to rectify that without the Moon Knight is really just, you know, this lost, violent lamb, you know, hidden in the shadows and really hurting himself without him.
0: Yeah. I, I like the um, I like the direct continuation from the Houston run here. like um, Frenchie's response to... Uh, to Trent As he masquerades As a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent uh, Is really just dismissive Of Moon of moon Knight Isn't it uh, And similar with Marlene As well But she has more of a um, uh, I guess I don't know For her It just seems I don't know Maybe the way Maybe the way it's drawn And the look in her eyes And stuff And her body language It's a bit more resignation About About accepting the fact that um, The man that she thought She loved And thought that came back From the dead uh, was not the man at all um, in the man that is Moon Knight now. And she seems a little sadder at it. Um, Frenchie, though, uh, I don't know, has a an air of aloofness to him um, and just like, oh, I've had enough of this shit, <laughs> you know, about Mark. Uh, and it's good to see him in uh, his restaurant, which was introduced, I believe, in um, in the Houston run as well. So, um, So good use there. And again, showing that Warren Ellis has done his homework.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. It's just, you know...
0: Yeah. Just such love for the character and a whole new direction as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, that also kind of... Well, when I say homework as well, I guess it's it's his own work that he kind of references. I love how Warren Ellis references... um, You get little bits of at least uh, issue one, issue... um, Issue three, uh, issue four. Yeah. You get references of them all throughout here, which is is a good way to tie tie up um, their six issue run. I thought so. Um, so obviously, as you mentioned, Conrad, at the very beginning, there's reference to the underground bunker uh, where the Shield agent, who he actually he steals the ID card, um, who we remember from issue one, was that kind of deformed, crazed, you know, cyborg of a man. Uh, he was murdering people, so there's a, a tie into that. Um, we see ghost punks on we, the newspaper. Yeah, exactly, ghost punks. Yeah, pun- I, yeah I, I was drawn to that straight away. I remember. Yep, issue three. That's awesome. Uh, also, issue four, which was the rumor, the mushroom, the weird hallucinogenic stuff. Um, I took that. If you if you go to there's an almost silent page where Trent goes to. Um, it's just like a laundromat, and then he goes to a crime scene, and there's that hole in the um, in the floor. Um, have you got that page there, Connor? Oh yeah, yeah. So that was the room, if I'm not mistaken, where uh, Mr. Knight uncovered the the corpse under the floorboards oh, that was releasing yeah. the yeah that was releasing the spores the. Um, Things that were making people go crazy, um, and that's where he kind of slept. So there's a little bit of a, a, a nod there as well. Uh, so yeah, so you get a few. I'm I'm assuming there's issues two and five referenced somewhere, but um, I'll probably have to, to look further. Maybe not. Maybe maybe Warren Ellis has just picked those ones. But uh, yeah, I like how Warren Ellis references his own work, which is which is a good way to to cap off this this run. Oh yeah, and what a good run!
1: One nice trade, you know.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, very good. Yeah, that first trade is really good. I don't, I don't mind the um, Colin Bunn and the the Brian Wood ones as well. I oh, yeah, I'm
1: very keen to tackle them again with you. You know, yeah. these ones are definitely the one reread the most, and I think you know it'll be good to give them the proper time to shine. And talking with you and guests, I think yeah, maybe will give me a whole new perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, absolutely hard not to love Smallwood, you know. Oh, yeah, Smallwood stuff what, in. What oh, guy. yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot to uh, unravel in that second um, arc. Um, and the third one with Bund, I feel that he, uh, I don't know, I hate to say he's trying to emulate uh, Warren Ellis, but I feel that he was trying to do something of that. Like, you know, each issue was a standalone. Um, But it was still very, uh, I found it very effective, very good indeed. Um, Look, just before, I don't know, before there are any final comments, another thing I wanted to just uh, talk about, well, two things, um, just um, Trent's kind of descent into madness, um, but also, um, well, actually, I think that's probably probably it. I I wanted to talk about how he disposes of his wife, Connor. I found that quite shocking.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a real final
1: nail in the coffin that this
0: guy's just gone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it shows how far gone he is, because she has done nothing really to him. Like, if anything, she is the only companion, the only friend that he has in in his whole world. Uh, But he does say, uh, you know, there's another thing too, Moon Knight works alone, no ties, he's technically dead. And so he just kills her with a, which is I thought very callous indeed. That was very so to me. That was a bit of a shocking moment. Um, and then obviously towards the end, he's he's gone. You know, he's gone gangbusters he, he so he's killed a guy in a in a car. Obviously a black dart to the head, um, and he's taken two people hostage by I guess um, I guess, I guess positioning himself to the best vantage point to to, to watch the fireworks, so to speak but um yeah it's pretty ruthless in it um, yeah so uh also I guess kind of any thoughts on the ending because it is quite abrupt like what happens to him Ooh, yeah
1: let me just flick through I think those I think which doesn't matter does it live does it not it I doesn't no. but it's and yeah um, that's oh, also yeah.
0: No, I was just—it's typical Warren Ellis, isn't it? It's just such an abrupt ending, and each of his issues seem to be quite abrupt. Well, most of them did.
1: Yeah, it's, and I think it really that um, that you know complete disregard to this person through Moon Knight supposed to reflect on us we see you know that callousness of Mister Knight. Like, it doesn't matter what happens to him because at this point Moon Knight just doesn't care. You know he's made his point that those final words will forever, you know, live on with us as readers. And you know, Trent is just another, just another beat up villain in the
0: streets. Hmm. I, I I mean, going back to the, I really wonder how the fight would have panned out if that third car hadn't blown up because um cause Trent, I think for all intents was kind of winning. He he blew up the uh, the limousine and he blew up the moon glider. Um, yeah it would have been a proper scrap yeah and he and he got a shot into Moon Knight he was about to throw one of his darts and um, he managed to get a dart uh, like a black dart into Moon Knight so, and he had a gun trained on him so um, it would have been very interesting um, I, I guess I guess that's it with, with Mr Knight he's got someone up above looking after him i.e. Konchu um, and that's why he's the, the avatar of vengeance and that's why I guess Trent never could be. And it is a little sad because, again, it shows yet another failure for, for Ryan Trent, someone who's been kind of beaten down th- all throughout his life, which is um, it's a little little sad. But anyway, um, not when he starts killing people. <laughs> no mercy there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't know. Anything else, uh, anything else of note here, Connor, that you'd like to, to raise? No, I think that kind of covers it nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other, just one little thing for me I I, I couldn't help but think of Charlie Cox When uh, I saw Trent as the FBI agent I don't know if you got that as well uh, The glasses, um, the suit and tie The five <laughs> o'clock shadow I just kept on saying Charlie Cox Going, oh, hey, why is he so bad? But um, yeah, anyway I guess having said that uh, We can go to our moon rating system So, Conashu Wow, you have uh, you let your hand show a little there, saying that oh, this is one yeah. of your faves. Uh, I'll let you kick us off then. What would you give this Moon Knight, Volume 7, Issue 6? The last one, Spectre.
1: That is the big old Blue Moon. Woo. Could be nothing else.
0: Wow, okay, geez, that's, uh, that's pretty up there. Uh, new listeners a Blue Moon, obviously once in a Blue Moon. It's very uh, rarely used. Look, we've used it a couple of times, but, you know, uh, it, it is uh, up and above a full moon. So uh, if you were to equate that, Connor would be rating it above 10 out of 10 in some capacity. i so.
1: only given it once to issue 5, and, you know, I prefer this more than issue 5, so yeah, got to
0: give it that love. My God. Very good. Very good. Well, um, I was going to give it a um, – well, I am going to give it a Waxing Gibbous. So, again, new listeners, and probably – current listeners <laughs> a reminder a waxing gibbous would be slightly above a three-quarter moon so i'm looking at a low low end so maybe a soft a soft eight out of ten um and by soft i mean the waxing gibbous could be eight to nine out of ten um so yeah a pretty a pretty high score i really did enjoy it uh, i think eight's right up there so uh yeah uh, i would be happy to give that i have given a blue moon to issue five before it it's a hard act to follow issue five i think oh yeah um but by the same token as well, I don't think you can binge well you can, but I'm thinking like Warren they are all one shots, there's no real need to binge them. Like they're also standalone. Um so you could easily read issue five, leave it for a while, come back, read issue six. Oh yeah. And yeah, you not not have any of that overshadowing for issue six. Um so anyway, wow, so big uh big points there. Um we aren't done yet with our review. We have a few bits of feedback, which uh, just pulling up now. We've
1: well, we got uh, a cross from, uh, what is it, Facebook and... F- yep, Facebook, yeah, our just...
0: Facebook group. Facebook, Facebook. So, um, yeah, Connor, let, let's uh, just alternate here. Um, why don't you kick us off here?
1: Yeah, lovely MidKind. We are talking about him before. Um, talking about now he's here to drop some thoughts on issue six. He says... This issue was a great way to wrap things up for this run. I never expected Ellis would use a background character from issue one and make him obsessed with Moonly. Also, it was a very clever way to bring in cameos of Marlene and Frenchie. I have this headcanon that Deatrice was already existing by the time Black Black Specter Jr. found her fan maybe mm-hmm. right. timelines yeah, yeah. Uh, well it continues with but what really makes it a memorable issue for me was the last scenes it elevated Mark's coolness exponentially like damn son most people are struggling about for love and affection you just shrug it away damn <laughs> anyway that dialogue is one of the most memorable parts of this run along with punching goes brain mushroom dreams and kicking five floors worth of ass
0: oh yeah thank you Midkind that is um, yeah fantastic and of course his references there to all the other great issues of Warren Ellis uh, you're gonna have to help me out here, Connor. I didn't quite understand his reference about um, Deitris already existing by the time Black Specter Junior found her. Um, was Black Specter was he was he in the Bemis Run? I've forgotten. I don't no, know I think him. he was
1: just pointing out that you know the way timeline works. You'd have to think that Deitris, because you know she was already, you know, she was speaking. She was. Yeah,
0: true. I
1: can't watch been like eight. Yeah, in the Bemis like Run, so she probably would have actually been already with um already been born here. Ah uh, right. Young.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um but no, thank you Midkind. That that's great and of course yeah, Marlene and Frenchie. uh it's it's good to have them. We didn't see much of the supporting cast in in the Warren Ellis run. I'm just quickly scanning my brain. Um Jenna's Diner. I don't think we saw Crawley, I don't think we saw um, so it was good to see Marlene and, and, and Frenchie. Uh, and my favourite, Samuels. He didn't make an appearance. He should have. Anyway, we have a, another um, bit of feedback from Noel. Our Lenny mate Noel, and he says, My personal uh, least favourite issue of all the Ellis Shelby run, but still a pretty great issue regardless. Uh, Love the callback to a prior Mooney Rogue, as well as his former associates, and the overall pacing of the issue. Uh, They get the backstory of Trent's trauma, motivations, and slow descent in a compelling and quick way, absolutely agree. Uh, Not much action, but when it hits, it explodes, pun intended. Very weird wrap-up to the issue, which is on par for every issue of their run, and something I quite enjoy. I love the way Ellis characterizes Moon Knight's speech in an almost poetic and surely nihilistic way. I think other issues in this run are a bit more unique, and I wish there was a slightly better issue to cap off the run, but once again, very cinematic comic by Ellis, Shelby, and Belair. Ah, uh, yes, Noel, yeah, for sure. Um, so he went kind of down a different route there, kind of. Not his absolute favorite, but he still um, recognized it as a good issue.
1: Yeah, well, I think it totally how much this rings with you. You know, I you know, I love this issue for it to look at, um, uh, you know, Mark's psyche. I guess, mm. yeah, I guess, you know, whether that does work with the other five issues, you know, so standalone is an interesting point. Mm. Yeah. It's got to be whether the, how much, you know, those those words, you know, it's obviously such a great issue, you just have to look at the art to tell that. But yeah, I guess it's how much those final words of the issue really ring with you that I think is what makes this issue uh, stick with you. Noel
0: and yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think, uh, I do agree, Noel, as you're saying, it's a really weird way to, to end the whole mm. run. But um, having said that, and what Midkind said as well, that the last kind of um, bit of monologue from Mr Knight was just a ripper, I thought. It was uh, really, really good. And that, the thing about um, never wanting to be loved, uh, and everyone that you know loves him or he loves, it all tends to turn to to shit so um he just doesn't want to be loved it's really uh, yeah really kind of heavy stuff um but it shows his disconnect with every and and it still rings true to obviously the houston run where uh, marlene frenchy all of them were so angry with him because he cut everyone off uh, we, we find of course that that was due to um some of the committee um and the profile Kind of working mark around that, but I think in essence that's what Moon Knight is. He, he really is a lone wolf, and um, and it's him constantly pushing against his friends, um, and it's their strength actually to stick with him. I think that is just admirable. Oh yeah, hmm. you know,
1: it's got to be one hell of a guy for them to come
0: back. Yeah, exactly. Either that, or I don't know what they're doing. If he's a bit of a bit of a dick, but anyway. <laughs> Uh next one there. Oh yes. Sorry, yeah. Uh the power of Chad
1: dropping in with an I'm assuming powerful take that says this seemed less like a tale uh tale about Moon Knight and more of a pulp delivery of Mr. knight's trait. His endless blood money squatting up as a solo act and his complete disregard for waning for this waning whining imposter. This was an amusing act but had no substance. There are a lot of things that that added character to this issue, from the Ghost Punks headlining to the fiery bravado of our bloodthirsty Avenger, Marlene was taking no shit, and Jean Paul Stonewalled the fledgling threat. It was a fun jaunt, nothing that would staple an ongoing series. Interesting and very well written, I might add. That was a ripper.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's not wrong as well. The power of Chad. It's, um, but much of that could be said of of all of Warren Ellis's issues. Um, there's nothing really that. Uh, Apart from, I guess, the introduction of Mr. Knight as the character, um, what goes on in each of the the one-offs, they're so self-contained that there are no real kind of ripples or ramifications for them that I can think of. I mean, if you look at the next run, which was Lemire and then Bemis, no one really took any of what's happened in, or, or, or sorry, Bun or Wood as well. No one's really taken on board anything what what Warren Ellis had done. It's so standalone. Uh, if I get that wrong, loonies, please Roddy and let us know. But I'm I'm assuming, yeah. Uh, I can't think of anything that really ties into Warren Ellis.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I think like I said, I think you know it'd be. I think it's kind of similar to what you know Noel was saying as well. That you know, at least in these previous issues, there was like all this high detective work. Mm powerful action and then and when it's, you know, drawing back to you know, um, you know, focus on the specific type of psyche, you know, once again, how does that resonate with you and how do you think it works in telling a story is you know, how you feel about it. like I definitely could totally see something spinning out of this. I could see this run continuing from this point, but you know if 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 that idea doesn't ring so true then, you know, it yeah. kind of just falls flat on itself as, like, you know, a, a, a you know, a waning out. Full stop. Yeah, yeah. crazy big run. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I would definitely like to see. Obviously, I think we were talking about Marvel Comics Presents. Who'd like to see right before we knew it was Benjamin Percy, and a lot of people said, "Yeah, yeah, we're on Ellis. Bring him back." I mean, for sure. I mean, within a heartbeat, would love to have him back. Um, but yeah, I, I agree um, with with the power of Chad here uh yeah it doesn't um what' you say it's a fun job, but nothing that would staple an ongoing series yeah so uh there were very six very well told uh, fun stories i'd actually i'd be interested to know any loonies out there i don't know if we've come across them uh Connor anyone out there who doesn't like the Warren Ellis run' be really keen to hear. Your thoughts um, as to why, or you know, because obviously, and there's nothing wrong with it, because it's all personal taste. But um, there seems to be just um, so much, so much uh, love for for this this run, um, which you know, rightly justified. But um, yeah, here, send us your thoughts if you thought otherwise. Um, finally, we have some feedback from our Facebook group. Uh, from Josh Geronimo Johnson, he um, he writes in and he says, I often think this issue gets overlooked, possibly due to the spectacularness of Issue 5. Full on, absolutely. However, I must say it's a nice low-key finale for Ellis and Shelby. Even like how the cover for this issue is pretty much the same as Issue 1, just with Black Spectre colours. It's a nice oh, way yeah. to bookend the run. Yeah, that's so clever and um, far out. Good stuff, Josh, for picking that up. I did not pick that up at all. Um, Speaking of which, Ryan Trent is a pretty good antagonist. To see a guy hounded his entire life and then become obsessive with a guy who he sees as the high bar is a good motivation. And I like seeing him do some detective work and tracking down Marlene and Frenchie, their only appearance in this whole run, uh, researching Black Spectre and honing his skills. How ironic is it that he's undone by himself with his own bomb, I definitely enjoyed him as a one-shot villain. All that being said, fuck that guy. He blew up the limo, <laughs> R.I.P. limo. Uh, yes. Yeah, Josh has, a, uh, has an affinity to the, the Mooney limo. Uh, for fair. those who don't know, uh, check out his Isle of Ra um, sessions. Um, I also like the Mooney's monologue over the last two pages. It's a good way to end the issue and the run. Good writing from Ellis and great art by Shelby. Overall, a waxing gibbous from me. Hey. Oh, he's even using this, Sick. Well done, Josh. Josh gets uh, a few Crescent Darts there. Like, um, oh, they're badges of honour. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm throwing the Crescent Darts at <laughs> you, Josh. Yeah, <either. all> right. <laughs> but it, it we'll will pin a few Crescent Darts there for um, using the moon rating system. It's, it's uh, highly convoluted, but Josh has waded through the uh the swamp that is our rating system. Well done. Uh and, and the same same one. So I wonder if he's he's doing eight or nine as well. Um I did a, a waxing Gibbous as well. Um fantastic points and that bookending, Connor, did did you did you pick that up at all? I didn't not at all. Oh no.
1: that's that's the fantastic loonies we got over at the Facebook group. You know exactly. all these guys have been Stephama, you know, midcon? Gotta get you on the show man. All these guys oh, have yeah. crashed on the show as well. It's <laughs> fantastic community Yeah. it takes even we don't see so big love to all these guys and anyone listen yeah
0: exactly yeah feel free Um, uh, you know also I just love how Josh has um, spoken about yeah he did uh, Black Spectre got un- undone by his own bomb, which um, is a massive, epic fail. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I totally agree with you. But as, uh, as Connish, you mentioned, uh, Loonies, yeah, for sure. Please drop us a line. Uh, we're more than happy to uh, to discuss your, your ideas and your thoughts. Um, look, you don't have to as well. Uh, we want to keep oh, it yeah. kind of open. If you if you don't want it to be um, discussed on the show, uh, you know we've got a little little procedure there. Just you know put a little DNB at the, at the end of your comment, um, and that will you know ensure that you don't get discussed. But um, if you do, yeah, we just love hearing and love throwing around these ideas. This is how we kind of all learn about Moon Knight and learn more of him, and it's just fantastic. So thank you, thank you everyone that wrote in. Uh, really good stuff. Um, All right, well, we might just quickly go to another break. Uh, But, you know, we'll be right back for um, just our show wrap up. Hi, this is Dave. And I'm Stu. And we're from The Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the collective. And you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast.
1: All right, guys. Welcome back. Just in time, calling our next phase a uh, waxing gibus three times this episode. <laughs> we're doing uh, no, we're doing our big trade arc review. Yeah, uh, following on from our Midnight Man discussion, we're talking about his uh his son, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, who would eventually become the sidekick Midnight, also known as Jeff Wild, We'll be dealing with his introduction and his death. Almost a full look at him, by the uh.
0: His uh, events in the Houston, right. yeah, and uh, and so I think we'll cap it off uh, with his how should we call it his first death um, because he, <laughs> he dies and comes back a couple of times. Um, so yeah, he um, we picked some. There's a, there's a bit of reading here to do. Um, we'll put it in the show notes, but basically it's coming out of Mark Specter. So he makes an appearance um, issues four, five, eight, ten, eleven, and then um, fifteen to twenty one. Uh, up to the point where he um, he meets his end uh, and he disappears for a while before he resurfaces in Round Robin, um, which we saw in the Amazing Spider-Man arc. So uh, this should be fun, Connor. Um, uh, Jeff Wilde, it's funny, I don't know why he's not called Jeff Mogart, because as we know, Midnight Man, Anton Mogart, maybe he's just picked a, a cooler name, Mogart. It's uh, <laughs> a bit dorky, it's isn't a bit it? old-timey. <laughs> yeah, a bit old-timey, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, this should be good. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, there are a lot of issues there, Connor, but I guess we'll, we'll just discuss it, you know, obviously yeah. as, a, as a whole. Uh, It'll be my
1: first tackling of this, you know, character as it originally was. I've only seen him in the Houston Benson run, so this will be... Something yeah,
0: right. uh, you haven't seen him in The Amazing Spider-Man, Ran Robin. No. Uh, no. I missed oh, that episode, yeah. Yeah, you did. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a good one. You're going to have to... Um, Oh, well, you can read these first, and read the other ones after. Um, he does have a really cool arc, Jeff Wild Midnight. Um, and yeah, you you spot on. Uh, he has his first chapter in Mark Spector Moon Knight. He has his second chapter in uh, The Amazing Spider Man, and the third one is in the Houston Run, where he's a lot darker, a lot more grisly. Um, uh, but yeah, the first one's uh, pretty fun. So, um, anyway. I think that pretty much wraps us up for this episode. Thank you so much for hanging with us and uh, listening in on us talking about issue six. Generally, you can find us on many things. So, as I mentioned, drop us a line on email at itkmoonnight@gmail.com at gmail dot com. We have a website, into the night podcast at wordpress dot com. As as mentioned earlier, we're on Facebook. We have a page and a group. So, facebook dot com slash night, That's the page. That's more of our, I guess, formal. Uh, official page, and our group is facebook.com slash group slash ITK which is a bit more informal, uh, a lot of interaction with loonies there, it's, it's a fantastic place, please come join us. Uh, we're also on Twitter at ITK Moon very easy to remember, as well as Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, just search for Into the Night, a Moonlight podcast, and you should be able to find us. Uh, finally, uh, we're on. Uh, if you can please, actually, just give us a rating. That would be really cool on iTunes. Uh, yeah, if you like what you hear, um, you know, um, if you know, if you you have feedback or um, just let us know. We we really love to improve the show. Um, and by leaving a review, will allow us to cast a larger net in the podcasting realm. Um, so for other loonies or other moonot fans to find us. And uh, yep, and absolutely last, um, we're on all good podcast catches: uh, Google Play, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, we're all uh, we're all firing. Um, ish, not issue episode eighty four, Connor. We're um, we're climbing up there. Oh
1: yeah, we're uh, you
0: know yeah, we're gonna hundred this year. Yeah, we that's a, yeah we have a hundred this year. Um, uh, a big congratulations to the Signal of Doom who this oh, week yeah yeah this weekend they reached their um their century so uh you know like uh, a tip of the hat there and a, a raising of the bat well done guys cricketing reference for them uh yeah um but um anything any other last words Connor uh,
1: thanks for listening and uh <laughs> don't uh try to become black specter like or Moon Knight. It's
0: just not good for your health exactly exactly and um, I think I'll, I'll cover us off with <laughs> Uh, may country watch over the Denizens of the Night. I'll catch you later. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.